Welcome to Empathy Media, the podcast exploring empathy in action. The Ardlerian Summer School is held every year in the UK, dedicated to exploring the ideas of the 20th century psychologist Alfred Ardler. Ardler's thinking has, seems to me, a very direct relevance to how we live today. One of the keynote speakers this year was Mia Levitt-Frank. She's an Adlerian psychotherapist and the director of the Adlerian School of Coaching in Israel. The topic of the workshop she was leading was metaphor. I asked what she and Adler meant by that. Okay, so yes, one of the, one of the things I have been talking about is metaphor. Um, I think if we relate it to Adlerian theory, uh, one of Adler's rich treasures with which he left us was the idea that early recollections serve as metaphors for our lifestyle, which is something like personality, if we use a not an Adlerian word. And early recollections serve as metaphors symbolizing, explaining who we are, uh, what we are, what is important to us. And then leading from, from the idea of early recollections as metaphors, really metaphors are wonderful, um, wonderful ideas, wonderful tools based on the creativity of the individual. Um, Adler says each human being is, is born with a unique creative force. So using metaphoric language and uh, the language of metaphors and images is a wonderful way to tap into each person's unique creativity and uh, allow them to discover things they may not be aware of through the use of metaphors, be they early recollection metaphors or other metaphors. So you're talking in the context of a therapy session, is that right? You would be mm -hmm. working as a therapist yourself with a client? Right, so using, uh, uh, using metaphors in therapy or in coaching. Um, so in a therapeutic situation, would right. you give me an example of maybe just a theoretical example, of the kind of memory that a person would come up with and how that would relate to their life now. Okay, so I can give you an example through an early recollection as a metaphor and a metaphor not even related to an early recollection, okay? So um, as we are working with a client and a client is discussing um, an issue with which they are currently dealing, uh, we may ask the client, can you come up with an early recollection at this moment? Whatever comes to your mind. An early recollection is a, a specific one-time memory that an individual recalls between the age of as early as they can remember, which is usually from the age of about three and uh, until you, the age of 10. So can you give an example? A kind of uh, of an, a memory. Yeah. So a person might say, um, I remember one day as I came home from school, I walked into the house and um, I, lunch was usually waiting, but for some reason mum wasn't home that day and uh, I uh, didn't know what there was for lunch. So I went into the kitchen and I opened the refrigerator and I saw there was chicken left over from last night and I thought, okay, so then that's what I'll do and I ate, ate the chicken. And then I would say, 
I would ask the person, and what is the most vivid moment you recall from that memory? And uh, the client may, may say, um, the moment when I was wondering, what do I do, there's no lunch, and then I thought, okay, I can look in the fridge. And then I would ask, and how did you feel at that moment? And the person might say, I feel, um, I felt relieved, okay. I would then see how does that situation connect to the current issue the client is talking about. So for example, I can see in that early recollection that this client is resourceful. When he, come, he or she comes across a situation in which um, the solution that was supposed to be available is now not available, this person has the resourcefulness to think of a new solution. And then talking about the current reality, I might ask the person, so what would the refrigerator be in this current situation at work? Because we can see from the early recollection that when you hit a situation where you don't have the available solution, you do find one. So, so the refrigerator is the metaphor? The whole story is a metaphor, uh -huh. and I might focus on the refrigerator or on anything, okay? But it's using it metaphorically to represent the present, okay? And what I just demonstrated now was how we can use the client's resourcefulness and strengths as reflected in this metaphor of an early recollection to support them and assist them in something that's going on today in their life. And Am I right in thinking that Adler also talk, talked about the times where we do too much of this strategy, we mm -hmm. overdo it, mm -hmm. and that, that can lead to psychological problems? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes, yes. So, so in that example, what would... So, um, yes, what you are um, talking about, which is uh, something that Adler uh, did also explain to us, is that we all create a strat strategies, a set of strategies, when we are young, um, which are basically our unique creative ways of how to feel a sense of belonging and uh, compensate for any feelings of inferiority which we have. And we find resources that work for us in our early childhood and whatever works for us, we often have a tendency of overdoing. So any strength we have potentially can be overused and overdone. And then sometimes I might say to this client with a refrigerator story, I might say, wow, you really have the ability to, um, to look for new solutions and open the fridge. And he might say to me, but you know, I do that too much. I sometimes don't even notice that the solution in place is there. I keep looking for new ones. And then we would be able to look at it and see what is it you're overdoing. That in certain situations, it's really very useful to be looking for the new solutions, but maybe not as an automatic behavioral action. In some situations, you may want to say to yourself, hang on, I don't have to look for a new situation and go looking what's in the fridge, because whatever's here on the table is enough. I can imagine someone listening to this saying to themselves, but if this is therapy, it's jolly simple. I mean, I've heard about Freud and the endless mm. sessions of psychoanalysis, and mm -hmm. I've heard about this and that. Mm. This seems more like common sense. Mm. So Adler's theory and what Adlerians who practice Adler's theory and study Adler's theory 
we really do see that Adler's theory was, was and is common sense. It was important for him that people, uh, laymen, could understand the theory. So he wasn't creating a theory that only professionals could understand. So sometimes people do see the theory as simple or simplistic. However, the ideas are so deep that the more you explore and learn, you discover how deep they are. Uh, the terminology is easy to understand and his, his way of explaining the human development and on what we run as human beings really is common sense. When it gets deeper, what kind of waters does that get us into? It gets us into the waters of when we have um, as early as children, in our early childhood, we create what Adler called uh, our lifestyle, which is the way we perceive ourselves, others, the world, and behave accordingly. In what way we solve solutions, in what way we interact with other people, what is it to create relationships. And it all goes into a map. Okay, It's like an internal map we have in our head, and now we take the map and it leads us through life. If our map is just say you've got a map of we're in Hemel Hempstead, a map from 100 years ago in Hemel Hempstead, maybe there's some new roads and the map isn't working anymore. But the map is so ingrained in our being that it's not easy just for somebody to say to you, so correct the map, here, just add the other street on the map. And then we need a much deeper understanding of how do we help somebody? How do we encourage somebody? How do we understand the way they are feeling, experiencing and thinking in order to assist them in a holistic way to hopefully make movement? So how would that happen if I presented to you with those kind of problems? Mm -hmm. What kind of approaches and techniques would you use to mm -hmm. help yeah. you make that movement? So basically we're talking in Adlerian therapy about a combination of encouragement, and encouragement means um, restoring somebody's courage in their self, restoring self-esteem, my sense of value, my sense of belonging and place in the world. So combining encouragement with looking at the ideas, conclusions, beliefs you created for yourself in that map and seeing how together with encouragement you can have the courage to slowly adjust those ideas, expand on them, to allow yourself additional and wider possibilities for how to behave in life, how to interact in life, and face what Adler called the life tasks. Adler says we are fulfilling life tasks. The one task is the world of work, which for children is going to school, for example, or kindergarten even. The one life task is society, and the other life task is um, a relationship, having a family. And then also the self uh, is regarded, uh, was added on later on as one of the life tasks. So it's really helping people face life, life's tasks and fulfill themselves while contributing to society. So that sounds like an important balance. It's not just the selfish, what you might call personal growth right. approach. It's, it's that in a societal right. context. Right. So you're touching on something really important. 
in, in Adler's theory. And Adler saw man as embedded, socially embedded, and said we cannot understand a human being unless we understand how he or she is embedded and interacts in society. So it's never about you, per se. And um, a person's mental health, well-being, uh, is dependent on the ability they have to be part, feel part of the group, society, family, and contribute to others, cooperate with others, show care for others. And he called that social interest, being interested in the interest of others, being able to feel a part of, as opposed to having to win or having to be superior or better. And from Adler's point of view, uh, the more social interest a person can develop uh, and display, the healthier they will be as a human being and the healthier society will be. Because Adler doesn't um, divide, the, you can't divide the two. It's the good of the individual is connected to the good of society and the good of society is connected to the good of individual. So an Adlerian therapist needs to hold all of these ideas together as he or she works with the individual to see what would help this individual feel better and function better. It sounds perhaps very lovely, mm -hmm. as if the world could become as nice and harmonious as that. Mm -hmm. But what happens if your client is in a family situation or in a society, whether it's here in Britain or where you work in Israel, which is not functioning in this harmonious mm -hmm. way, how... Mm -hmm. It's... which happens all the time, right? Um, it's... when you believe... a theory isn't a truth. There are many theories. And just as the Adlerian theory isn't a truth, other theories aren't a truth, it's something you choose to believe as a way for understanding humans and as a way for helping humans. And I think once you choose to adopt this theory, you believe it is the most useful way to help somebody uh, within situations that might have a lot of competition or, um, or even violence. The best way for them to learn to protect themselves uh, is, we believe, is through the understanding of I need to take care of myself and I need to take care of others without one of them dominating the other. Um, and so it's, it's a belief system that that is what will be most useful. And so if you are faced with a family with this kind of conflict going on, you would maybe start by using the early recollection technique, would you? And what other techniques would you work with the family? Uh, well, working with families um, is done in Adlerian family therapy uh, based on family constellation. Uh, I think we, we could say early, early recollections is one technique and understanding lifestyle of an individual and understanding the dynamics of a family, one would look at the family constellation, which was an idea which Adler developed. He was the first uh, theorist who spoke about the impact and influence of family constellation how many siblings I have, 
what number I am in position, how many years are before me and the one before me and the one after me. So family constellation and working with the family constellation and the ideas you have subjectively created about your family constellation is, is a major technique. To, I don't know if we call it a technique, tool, uh, way of working in Adlerian therapy, which is often um, complemented together with early recollections. So could you give me an example again? Let's say somebody is, let's say the youngest child in the family and mm -hmm. um, come to you with tensions within the family. How would mm -hmm. you then So the parents, would, the parents, for example, would, would be coming for, um, for parenting, for parenting guidance and they would be having troubles with uh, the youngest. And we would look at the family constellation and see that just say there are three children and this is uh, the youngest child. And um, the, the oldest one is a very responsible young guy, maybe the age of six or, or whatever, and has just gone to first grade and he's getting such a lot of attention because uh, he's just gone to sixth grade. And right after him comes a little girl two years later and she's maybe the little princess of the family and so she gets her attention and the younger one who is maybe a boy, so there's already a boy in the family who's uh, kind of the, the leader, um, responsible, does very well and is now just moved into grade one and the little one isn't finding a way to feel that he has a place. He's another boy, so there's already a boy here and the older one keeps doing um, such important and special things and the only way this little one who maybe is three years old or, or, or four years old can get attention is by misbehaving and by maybe regressing and um, going back to drinking from a bottle because that's the way he is finding attention because uh, when a child does not find a sense of belonging in a positive manner, they will look for it in a disruptive manner. So understanding that for the parents would be understanding what is happening. Okay, so now we should give this child encouragement for positive behavior and not pay so much attention to the, the misbehavior in which he's trying to get our attention. So that would be kind of a simplistic example. Well, it's very clear though, thank you. Mm -hmm. Does this link to the idea of contribution, that in any group, to have a sense of belonging, mm -hmm. I need to feel also that I'm contributing yes. something? And yes. That, so, that, I mean, I think I've heard it said that if children are misbehaving, then to encourage them, rather than correcting them, mm -hmm. to encourage them to see how they can contribute Absolutely. To the Is that, have I got that right? Absolutely. So, for example, if this youngest child we're talking about theoretically is getting attention by misbehaving because it's the only way this little kid is finding to make sure and saying, I'm here, I'm here, <laughs> okay, then if we can encourage behavior by asking him to help us and then giving him some words of encouragement. Uh, oh, it's so great that you helped with dinner tonight. I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't done that. And finding a, a job or, or, or a way in which the child can feel important, needed and worthwhile, then the child will not need to, to create this disruptive behavior in order to feel that he has a place. So I guess does that also apply to adults that if 
we are feeling a bit inferior. Yes. And the way we try and climb back up yes. can often be very, very disruptive or even... Harmful to others. Yeah, yeah. So part of the theory of the therapy working with adults is always holding in mind this concept of social interest and working gently with the person on encouraging their social interest as well and the ideas um, with which they are performing because our actions and behaviours are, are a result of the ideas we have in our head. It sounds a rather mild term, though, social in Couldn't you take a bit more interest in society? I wonder why they use, he uses such a mild mm. term for it rather than mm. engagement or something. Mm. Um, he started off... You, the term comes from German, Gemeinschaftsgefühl, I do not speak German, but it translates as social feeling. So it started off with a feeling, and he, he wrote about feeling you belong, feeling you are part of something greater than yourself, uh, not only, not only your, your society within which you live, but even a greater society than that. And it is one of the most complex terms in Adlerian theory, which has different definitions. And um, the one way of explaining it, which Adler heard from somebody and in English, and he liked the expression was to see with the eyes of the other, to hear with the ears of the other, and to feel with the heart of the other, which touches to the em empathy and being able to take another person and their thoughts and feelings and ideas into account. And then social interest also touches on being interested in other people being curious about other people, it also touches on the behavior with which you choose to react and relate to other people. So it's, it's really taking into account that you are part of society and, uh, and the only way for us to, for humanity to perpetuate is if we regard ourselves as part of society and society as part of ourselves. And you find, in your experience, that that works, that people can change to mm -hmm. become more empathic. Mm -hmm. It's I, not something we're kind of, we either with... are or we're not. No. Adler did say that, um, that social interest is an innate potential, that we are born with that potential which needs to be nurtured and nourished and developed when we are children. So as you grow up, you have more or less of that feeling of social interest, but it certainly can be, uh, can be learnt and developed. And I think people can learn to be more aware of other people and learn to take other people into account. Is it partly because you're suggesting that they would feel better or they would be more have a greater sense of belonging if they did it, I mean... That they discover as they go along. Uh -huh. It's not something I think that somebody would, and I wouldn't say to somebody, look, if you take the other guy into account, you'll also feel better about it. But theoretically, according to Adler's theory, we know that that's what's going to happen. So we would encourage taking the other into account, being able to stand in the other's shoes, uh, which then does increase a person's sense of well-being. How does this apply with couples? 
how does this apply with couples, it's really learning how to do the, the same thing that we are discussing, but within a couple. It's seeing through the eyes of the other, being able to um, understand how the other person sees reality differently to me. Each of us has our own subjective view of reality and learning that it doesn't mean mine is right or mine is wrong or his or hers is right or his or hers is wrong. And I think one of the keys is, is understanding that we each have our subjective reality and if we can um, understand that it's not right or wrong or we don't have to be right or wrong, we can learn to take each other into account and then enjoy each other more. I can still hear the listeners thinking, um, this is all lovely. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, as you said, common sense and it is you know, apple pie and whatever they call it. But isn't the world much harsher than this? Isn't um, is this kind of a belief system really going to apply to the kind of politics that's happening in America? or mm -hmm. happening in Europe with Brexit, or the kind mm -hmm. of racism that we are facing in the world, or mm -hmm. the, the poverty in the world, or the situation yes. in the Middle East. So Adler, Adler's prophecy was, this is where the world is going. He returned from World War I, where he served as a doctor in the war. And uh, when he returned from the war, he actually added this concept of social interest to his theory because he came back so uh, disturbed by what he had seen uh, as a physician, as a soldier during the war. And he said, if we don't create a society that is based on social equality and mutual respect and cooperation and uh, social interest, uh, the world is going in a terrible place. So the the Adlerian belief is, and we might say it is idealistic, the Adlerian belief is the more we can uh, impact the world with this idea, these ideas, this belief system, the more good we can do. And that the, all troubles in the world between nations, uh, racism within nations, are based on, on, on inequality between individuals and uh, lacking of understanding of, of what social interest is. And um, th th that's what Adler would say. But he, he might also want some political action to take place alongside to achieve this kind of equality, maybe. Maybe. Um, Adler was influenced by Marx. Uh, no, in what way? Um, his, whole, his idea of social equality uh, as opposed to a hierarchy of statuses and somebody dominating somebody else uh, was the idea that he, that he took uh, from Marx. So what Adler would say if he would see the world today would probably be, be this is what I thought was going to happen and how important it is from his point of view to have more and more people uh, learning Adlerian theory or the ideas of Adlerian theory that can be found today in all kinds of other theories in psychology, for example, in positive psychology. So it's not Adlerian, but it is very Adlerian. So I think any of us who work with this theory are, are, are taking his theory and seeing how much good we can do in the world with the help of this theory.
So you're an optimist at the end of the day? We can choose to be optimistic or pessimistic and in the end our life will end. And I think it's choosing how do we want to live the life we are living and, and how much impact and what impact we want to have in the world. And if I, in my little small area of, of my world, uh, can help people live their lives um, in a fuller way and help society be more um, conducive to individuals and, uh, and uh, have a, a society hopefully of more social equality and understanding, then, then I'm happy to spend my life doing that. Thank you very much, Mia Levit Frank. Okay. Very good to talk to you. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Peter.